0: It's cats at night on the red apple podcast network. Now we are joined by the great Carl Rove, former white house deputy chief of staff and Mr. Mr. Rove. I guess I'll go first. Dominic Carter here with you. What did you make of the state of the union from Mr. Biden? My take. Was one I was watching for flubs, and I was watching his energy level. And somebody or his doctors did a great job keeping him with energy. And it's it looks like whether we like it or not that Biden is running. What do you say, Carl Rove? Well, I think you're right. It was less a State of the Union than it was sort of a soft announcement of his presidential reelection campaign. Um, it was a very every State of the Union has some politics in it, but this was mostly politics. Um, You'll notice that uh, he spent a lot of time excoriating enemies, big oil, uh, billionaires, banks, credit card companies, internet and wireless uh, providers. He spent a lot of time uh, talking about uh, how great the economy was, even though most people don't feel that way. Um, But I think it was a gamble. It was a gigantic bet. And the bet is that while the economy is not good today that he thinks that uh, as long as he hangs in there, if the economy recovers, he'll be able to say it was because of my spending programs and my initiatives. And if it doesn't recover, he can say, well, it's because Republicans refuse to do what I suggested we'll be doing this year, which is, you know, raise a lot of taxes and spend a lot more money.
1: Carl, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Welcome back to Cats at Night. What I want to ask you is this. Are we really stuck with uh, Biden versus Trump in 2024?
0: Oh, I don't think so. Look, I I, I wrote a column about this a couple of weeks uh, ago in the journal. We had 32 years starting in 1960 till 1992, where our presidents were all from the greatest generation. And when that that period began, the battle was between two 40-year-olds, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. And then in 1992, we elected our first baby boomer. And ironically enough, we have been governed since 1992, 32 years by 2024. By baby boomers. And I think the American people are going to say we face big challenges as a country, and we cannot afford to have a president who's either 78 years old, uh, hoping to be around to 82, or an 82-year-old hoping to be around and energetic till he's 86.
1: Carl, this is Pete King. First of all, always great to hear you and talk to you. Uh, I, I, I have a question.
0: Yeah, King, I, they didn't I, warn me you were going to be on. Otherwise, I would have prepared myself. Every time <laughs> King came to the White House. I had to buy him lunch. Whenever he didn't have a lunch partner, King would come to the White House, and I'd have to buy him lunch at the White House mess. That was the only time I
1: ever got the best of you, a call. But anyway, you know, I, I remember when uh, you know, Bill Clinton had a tough time in the '94 elections, and he was able to pivot. And it was not only good government, but it was good, uh, good politics where he was able to work with Newt Gingrich, get a balanced budget, welfare reform. And, uh, you know, he always threw in some red meat lines for his base. But basically, he went through the, uh, the emotions and also the reality of uh, working with Republicans on common issues. I just think Biden missed a real opportunity last night. I know his base was happy. What bothered me a bit, though, was somehow Marjorie Taylor Greene became the face of our party. But I think uh, in the long run, I, I, I think Biden has hurt himself both governmentally and, and politically. But you're the guru.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. He w- he was playing to his base. This was a re-election, which he said, a re-election speech in which he said, "You know what? I'm going to bang on all the favorite enemies of the left. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be very, you know, I'm, from, I'm for higher taxes, more spending, more government." And you're right, he didn't pivot. And, and, and this is the year where he should have been focused on governing. Ironically enough, he would enter 2024 in a stronger position if he were our president this year rather than a presidential candidate. And last night he declared himself in essence, a presidential candidate. He is, though, making a big gamble because, you know, Reagan was in terrible shape at this point in 1982, mm-hmm. but he had a plan, and the plan was Volcker was doing everything he could at the Federal Reserve to, to get inflation out of the system, and Reagan cut taxes, cut the regulatory burden on our economy and the red tape, relieving businesses and enterprise of enormous costs of time and energy, manpower and money, and he and he, and he freed our economy and reined in spending. And all those things combined to give us, by the end of 1983, a going-and-blowing on economy that allowed him to win 49 states. This guy doesn't have a plan. His plan is, you know, we're going to spend more money. We're going to try and raise taxes, none of which is going to happen. I mean, we're not going to have – we are not going to have the House of Representatives agree to raise money, you know, great raise taxes and, and spend a lot more money. And, and as a result, he's going to be in, in, in bad shape by the end of the year, I suspect.
1: Carl, you going to hurt him with voters, you know, when they stop and think about this. He basically said nothing critical about China, maybe three or four lines, nothing really critical about Russia. And yet, as you said, he was attacking the banks, uh, successful Americans. You go down the line, he attacked, it, he attacked every American enemy of his and really ignored the larger enemies overseas and basically said very little about the impact that illegal immigration is having on cities like New York and others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, in my column tomorrow in The Wall Street Journal, I, I mentioned the China thing because two things that jumped out at me. One is he you're right. He glammed through China. He just sort of glossed it over and said, China, you know, not they're not as powerful as we are. People were expecting him to say something about the Chinese surveillance balloon. The other thing that was odd to me was what was his biggest accomplishment in 2021? The passage of the American Rescue Plan. 1.9 trillion dollars of new spending, and guess what? There was not a single word about it. He didn't even mention his name in in the in the speech last night. He did, however, talk about two things which he claimed a lot of credit for, which are not his not his accomplishment. <laughs> he was talking about the gun control measure that Murphy of Connecticut, a Democrat, and Cornyn of Texas, Republican, passed, and he was talking about the infrastructure bill which Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats got together and. And and, and and whipped up uh, as they had to reauthorize the highway trust fund, as we have to do every five years. In fact, the administration was saying, don't pass that infrastructure bill. Don't move it along, because we're afraid that it's going to take the steam out of our Build Back Better effort. So, you know, it's interesting. He, he pivoted last night, but he didn't pivot like Clinton did. He did it rhetorically by ignoring the biggest thing that he did, spend nearly $2 trillion we didn't need to spend, and then <laughs> claim credit for two things that he had nothing to do with except, put his name on it when they finished uh, uh, passing him through Congress. Carl Rove, we thank you, a former White House deputy chief of staff. Uh, We thank you for joining us tonight on the Cats at Night program, and we look forward to chatting with you in the future. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.